0: Conversations and Meditations with Justin Martin. Uh, so, welcome everybody to Conversations and Meditations. I've got you know much loved guest Andrew Horwood visiting for the second time, and uh, so welcome, Andrew.
1: Thank you Justin. Great to be with
0: you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that everyone uh, that's listening has listened to our previous conversation and uh, appreciated that. Just as a little uh, bit of an ego boost for you. That is the most listened uh, episode of of conversations and meditations. <laughs> so congratulations to you for well,
1: that.
0: Um, <laughs> I was going to say hopefully your presence will give us another little boost and uh, <laughs> and we'll take it from there but um so when we spoke the first time, Andrew, uh, it was a very broad conversation about your own um, background and history and, and how you'd come to be at Riverdale. Uh, and, and today we were hoping to, well, I, I really requested that we were a little bit more specific in our conversation um, to, to, the, mm-hmm. to the degree of really kind of um, bringing some of those foundational pieces of the emissary principles and emissary philosophy uh, to our audience so that they might get an understanding of some of those foundational pieces. Um, So I I appreciate you agreeing to to be a part of that.
1: Sounds good to me. Yeah, wonderful. Um, I I think um, what's impressed me about the emissaries has been the emphasis on practical spirituality. Mm -hmm. So rather than me having to Accept a a belief system of some kind. Uh, What's been laid out before me has been like a smorgasbord of here. Here are some uh, descriptions of the way life works. You go and try it for yourself Mm -hmm. and see if it works. And blow me down. They do work. (laughs) So and uh, so that uh, emphasis on revealing something about the sea you might say in which i'm swimming mm-hmm. uh, so that i can understand the the nature of what i will experience as a as a person and then seeing well actually there's a road map here uh, and i can try that out and see if it if it works for me and mm-hmm. uh, that sort of that's appealed to me as a uh, someone uh, who's not been inclined to just accept someone's word for it, sure. Uh, without being able to prove it for myself.
0: Well, I mean, you're and, a, a practicing GP with a, you know, very scientific education. So I guess it, yeah. it's kind of been instilled in you to ask questions.
1: Yeah. And, and as a GP, like i I've drug, there's a lot of fashions in medicine, for mm-hmm. example. So. Things get trumpeted in as this is the best thing since sliced bread. Recent advances in medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, my interest is in pain management, mm-hmm. and, and it's uh, interesting to see how new medications get trumpeted in as this is the this will solve the opiate crisis. You know, just use this drug instead. And um, frequently, those things are. Are uh, um, nowhere near what they're cracked up to be. Uh, I I have personal experience mm. as a doctor of trying things and and seeing does this work. Sure. And so I I much prefer that style.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, would you mind sharing some of the I guess the most significant aspects of the of uh, the emissary philosophy that maybe initially proved to, to have value that you then continued your exploration
1: from sure so I think the thing as I was reflecting on on our, our time this morning uh, the thing that has taken me the longest to accept but has had the most profound impact is uh, what the what the emissaries and, and others would call divine identity and that is uh, that you know in more lay language we are spiritual beings having a human experience so being able uh to accept that primarily i'm a spiritual being inhabiting an earth suit you might say uh, and that earth suit is made up of a, of a flesh body and and a mind and an emotional realm uh, but the the core of who I am is still a, a spiritual being, one that has qualities, uh, God like qualities, in, in inverted commas. And that the purpose of my life is about using that equipment I've got, the earth suit, body, mind, and emotional realm, to express the. Uh, to, to express the godlike qualities that are yeah. uh, with me from birth. That's taken me the longest to accept because mm-hmm. I, I noticed quite a lengthy resistance to the uh, no, 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 just it can't be me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I don't have all these godlike qualities. And it felt like it was some heavy burden. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, you know, if I had, to, if I was, uh, if I was godlike, then I'd have to be a goody two shoes. <laughs> I'd have to ch- chuck out, you know, I wouldn't have to give up barracking for my football team. And, yep. All, all these sort of um, fantasies that I had about what being godlike would was, what that was like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it was, it's not actually about trying harder, mm-hmm. but it's, um, or being perfect, but actually recognising that I'm part of something bigger and that there is a, a, a presence in, in my life that is bigger than me
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that, that I am uh, intimately connected with that. Yes. So um, this was really brought home to me. When, uh, when I held our firstborn child, our son, after he was born. I, I delivered lots of babies, but uh, holding my own child, uh, somehow I realised how little I had contributed to this um, extraordinary creation I was holding and how it was just impossible for me to intellectually say this is all just chance. Uh, it seemed to me there was some something was there was some design here that um, I had not that was just happening anyway and that was the end result of that was yes it had taken my little contribution and my wife's and out of that created something completely magical and was just given to us. You know, we, we didn't earn it. We, we didn't have to, you know, win Tats Lotto. It was just, yeah. here it is. Didn't this, have to pass the test. Yeah. yeah, this is for you. Um, and that was the most profoundly humbling experience for me to realise there is actually some force operating in my life that wants good things for me. Um, And that made me reflect what else is... It's like I had this life review of, of, well, did you notice all these other times in your life that some good things had happened to you? Uh, And I, I had to face the fact that there were a whole lot of so-called chance happenings or what I'd now call synchronicity that I had not uh, seen as part of a pattern of wanting good things for me, Uh, and and yet here it was. So uh, that led me into a sort of journey of, well, maybe I... Yes, with all my scientific knowledge, I can't ever prove this to anyone else. But actually, I only need to prove it to myself. What would happen if I accepted the proposition that there is a a benevolent force in operating in my life that wants good things for me and I don't have to earn it, but I, I am here to participate with it? So that was the start of that journey, and as I've um, grown into that, really, I've I found that there are endless possibilities for for discovering how how it is I can participate, and when the good things come to me. So, for example, quite out of the blue, I was at the the cricket with a friend. <laughs> I thought I'd stop, I'd retired from doctoring. This friend asked me to come back to Horsham where I'd been a GP and to um, help him out with some medical work. So I, I did that. Then I've ended up, as a result of that, I've been going for the last four and a half years to Horsham one week a month to, to work in pain management. I'm being paid better than I've ever been <laughs> in my life and i'm as a result of that i'm off to antarctica next week on this holiday that i would never i would never have thought of it's like all these doors have opened up because i said yes to that um invitation to participate Mm. with a, a in a larger purpose
0: Yeah. That idea of um, it's not something that you have to earn, but in your opinion, is it something that you have to at least acknowledge?
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. So it's like uh, life will offer me um, invitations, you know, how about this? Mm -hmm. And uh, whether I say yes or no, you know, determines the outcome. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've, I've decided for myself that and unless I can see a, a clear no, uh, I'll say yes.
0: Sure.
1: So take if, the chance. If I'm in, if I'm in doubt, I'll say yes. Mm-hmm. So, and and see what happens. Mm. So, I find that that is, it leads me to a place of being curious. About, I wonder what's going to happen next. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, I was I was having this well, conversation was... with with our team yesterday uh, individually. Regarding th- this upcoming event, the the Goodness Me Festival that we're working towards, and and how it is the most ambitious thing that as a team we've we've attempted, and that uh, we don't know the outcome yet. <laughs> you know, like we're trying to sell tickets, we haven't sold enough tickets, and it. But there is something about the fact that we we went into this venture not knowing the outcome, but said yes to the opportunity because it felt it, it felt like the correct thing to do. And I was just reminding myself as much as anyone else that that, that's the kind of juicy bit is that this little bit of uncertainty is what makes it worthwhile and and what makes it exciting. Because if we could step into every venture knowing with 100% confidence that this will definitely work kind of almost be, what's the point? <laughs> you know, where's the thrill in that? Or where's, where's the juice in that? Um, where it's stepping into the, the potential. We might fail, who knows? But let's find out. I, I think that seems to be a quality of, of the human experience, which is really enriching.
1: Yeah. And I, one of the emissary elders described this as, um, it's all a continuum of victory. So what she meant by that was that there is there is no there nothing is a failure, it's all it's all a victory. And so um, regardless of how dire things might seem at various times, it's actually the uh, the process of discovering the victory. I, I find that helps me a great deal um, because I can. Uh, I'm unafraid to go into difficult situations or even to raise difficulties um, knowing that there is a victory here somewhere and uh, it will, I will discover, well, not I, we will discover that together as we, as we stay together and hold the tension of the, of the unknown and have faith uh, that uh, and I would say faith in that respect is not just hope. it's a it's a a knowing that that there is there there is always heat before any good creation happens. there's always heat and discomfort. You know, I think of a fruit cake, you, you're never going to have a fruit cake unless you shove it in the oven for a long time. So things have to be heated up and and left to uh, be appreciated as this is fine, it's just hot. So I guess that's another one of the uh, emissary principles that I found really helpful is understanding the steps for how, how creation works. That there's, uh, in simple terms, there's four steps related to the uh, the four seasons. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start out with uh, a water. You start start out in winter, a wa- water part of the cycle, um, and that's that's a, a, a phase where you get water is a symbol of of uh, the heart, heart realm, the emotional realm. Usually in the watery phase, people start feeling something. Mm. You know, I I feel something's got to change or I feel there's an idea coming or or something like that. Um, And then uh, the air or the the spring uh, phase is where ideas start to come. And it might be this, it might be that. And it's often a sort of brainstorming, uh, time, but it's 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 actually. I, f- I find this a time of of curiosity. What actually life or God or the divine is trying to do something here? What is that? So just holding, not trying to latch on to the first idea that comes comes along, but holding the the sort of. I wonder if it's this. I wonder if it's that. Holding this sort of creative tension, yeah, that that's that's actually quite uh, tricky to do. Just hold, mm. um, as I'm sure you know, you and I have shared many experiences like this. Sure. Um,
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and it, it, even um, when the uncertainty can build. For many people, myself sometimes included, it can even trigger almost like a fight or flight type of sensation where mm. it feels it feels unbearable, and you're just like, you know what? If I could take it all back, I just would. I just <laughs> I just mm. would like this to end. Uh, and and it's a really a yeah. a skill to sit with it or a a learned yeah. capacity, I guess.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then uh, eventually that clarifies into aha. Uh-huh. That's what this is about mm. and I know for me i've I've learnt now that uh, my I will know in my body when I've re- reached that aha point. ah that's it and up until that time, I will remain curious and you know just wondering what I haven't yet got this. Uh, aha feeling, which, in a sense, the aha feeling happens when my mind can come up with words that capture what my heart was feeling. So this all started with something uh, uh, stirring in my heart, and then my mind's got to try and clothe it in, wo- give it words, um, mm-hmm. give it voice. When that is, when that happens. Bang! Ah, now I've got it. Sure. Or or now it's clear. Then the next phase is to take action. You might say the summer or the uh, earth Earth phase, and then that's usually yeah. yeah, That can be that can be difficult, but it's usually clear. It's Mm. not this sort of indecision anymore. Mm. And then the 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 next phase is the fire part of the cycle or autumn. Uh, where there's those uh, in Australia, we have those beautiful sunsets, and um, it's a time to uh, celebrate what's been what's been achieved, and it's only been achieved because we have the the cycle has been followed, mm-hmm. and the cycle is is one that's guided by the divine. the The purpose here is to let something. Of divine creation appear on the earth because of human beings. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's the definition of heaven on earth. Yes. It's not, it's, it's allowing uh, myself to be an instrument of divine creation by actively allowing, participating in this creative process. It's, that's been extraordinarily fulfilling. So I'll get, just give you one example. Please. Um, I, I was a GP in Horsham for 25 years and uh, had my worked on my own from the front rooms of our house for 16 years. So for about the last three years of that time, I think all of us in the clinic felt something has to, is changing. So we, we, something landed in our heart realm. It's, it's, something's changing here. And um, we couldn't see what it was. So uh, one of my friends offered to, uh, you know, build a standalone clinic uh, for us um, for half a million dollars.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and um, that didn't feel right. So we're, here we are in the in the airy phase. That 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 didn't feel right, but no, none of us really had particular ideas. So when I say none of us, there was um, my wife and I, and we had uh, a, a nurse and two uh, receptionists, and all of us we we met each week and we'd sort of kick the ball around, but none of us could see what was what was happening Um, and so we just held this tension our son who was doing a uni course came home for summer holidays and we did some scenario planning with him what would what would we you know ideally what would we like well we what we said was what we came up with well ideally we'd like to just keep going as we are then stop have a break and and then do something different. Okay, nice idea, no idea how this would happen. Then we're just chugging along. Yeah, we, we did great work in this clinic. We're really proud of that. People still, you know, I go back 20 years later and people still appreciate what, uh, what we were as a group, what we were able to achieve uh, together. And then I, was, I joined a running club and I was out on a run and suddenly felt uh, nauseous and vomited. Within a few hours, I realised I've got gallstones. Because I'm a doctor in a country town, I had my gallbladder out within uh, five days. And as I was waking up from the anaesthetic, I felt myself surrounded by this... Extraordinary cocoon, like this wrap, this doona, all around me of this amazing warmth. I, I had no pain relief after the surgery at all, which astonished me because I was looking forward to trying a bit of morphine. <laughs> um, it's a warm, fuzzy I feeling. Didn't, didn't, didn't ever turn it on. Yeah, because I realised if I turn it on, this this feeling's going to go away.
0: Yeah.
1: So, and that warm surrounds, it was the words that came to me uh, was, this is, here is a reminder of the love that surrounds you. Yes. You, you are free to do whatever is right. And um, you know, some time later I realized, I actually don't, I don't need to do this anymore. I've done what I've been, what God has asked me to do. Hmm. And so I um, uh, talked to my wife about this and here's the synchronicity. It just so happened that a new medical clinic was opening up in town uh, in Horsham, which is an extremely rare event, within in six weeks' time. So we realised this is our here's our exit strategy. We could actually transfer all of my patients over to this other doctors, and they would be they'd have continuity of care. It would be different, but it would be there would be continuity. So we um, we went to speak to the <laughs> speak to the doctor and. He, he was delighted. I'm sure he uh, was. We asked, <laughs> asked him, would he like to pay us anything for this privilege? He said no. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, worth realized, asking. <laughs> sure. We realized this isn't about money. It's about doing, you know, resp- saying yes to life by closing that this, this chapter of our lives had concluded and it was time to this was the fire cycle mm. we were in. This was the time to celebrate what's been good and to, to know this is the finish and, and to be able to close it. Mm-hmm. So, so within six weeks, we closed the clinic. We, we um, let everybody know what we were doing. Uh, we made sure everyone's medical records were passed on to, to whoever they chose. Most of them chose this new clinic, um, but some didn't. Uh, we we had a party to just say how good this had been, and um, it was a glorious thing.
0: Yeah.
1: So, and, and I, as a, once we once we decided to, to take this action, we called a a meeting of our you know our weekly staff meeting. And we said, we, you know, we've we've got an announcement. Uh, I walked in with a bottle of champagne and some glasses for everyone, and I, I said, you know, we've got an announcement. And our practice nurse was just stunned because she was wanted to talk to us that day to say that she was leaving because she she had uh, felt called to a completely another direction. Unbelievable! So it, it was it was a an affirmation for us that we were listening accurately. Uh, we we read the tea leaves right.
0: Yeah, that's an awesome story. A great example.
1: The, the, there are lots of small examples. Yes. Uh, but, but that was a standout, out life changing example for mm. us, which uh, which then led to us living at Riverdale. Yes.
0: Yeah, that I think one thing that I try to zoom out of, and, and I believe it is kind of in the same vein as the principle that you've just described, which is that continuum of victory and um, that we, we don't typically have a, a wide enough aperture in our, in our lens to really see the full picture. We only see what we're experiencing typically. And from that perspective, it's hard not to get caught up in, in that precise moment because that's the moment that we generally are living in. Um, yeah. But once, once that moment starts to fade into the distance and, and you get that wider perspective, it's in fact, I can't think of an example in my life where what I thought was at the time a, a hurdle or a tragedy or a, you know, put, put in whatever descriptive you like, that ultimately ended up being like, well, thank goodness that happened <laughs> because if that hadn't mm. happened, I wouldn't be doing this now or et cetera, et cetera, and, um, yeah. or I wouldn't have learnt that lesson and I couldn't have applied that in this way. And so, yeah, it's I, I think it is a really important thing to remind ourselves even when we are in the midst of the struggle that just this too will pass and when it does we'll, we might gain a greater understanding as to why it occurred um, because mm. there will be some there will be some lesson there there'll be some purpose behind it
1: mm. so uh, uh, the standout example in my life for me was uh, it took me about five years to realize my, my dad had died suddenly um when i was 25 he was overseas and he had a heart attack wow and was uh, you know not not resuscitatable so I was in my fifth year of medical school at this time and, and I went through this profound grief, mostly because I'd only just started to express my love for my dad before he went overseas. But uh, I hung on to the fact that at least I'd done it once and that I was reminded. I was surrounded by, you know, here I was in this teaching hospital, and it struck me how the people who were charged with my care were just completely <laughs> incapable of reaching me, of connecting with me at, at the level at which I was experiencing it. Mm-hmm. But um, some of my friends who I'd met through my experiences as a lifeline counsellor, they knew what I was going through mm-hmm. and they could reach me. And it made me... So down the track, I realised that my dad gave me a gift in dying that he could never have given me by living. And that was to remind me that no matter how clever <laughs> modern medicine is, there are things that happen in the hearts of people that, that are... Beyond, you know, medical manipulation, hmm. and that they they are profoundly important. Yeah, and I am so thankful to have had that uh, realization early in my medical career, because that's that shaped a lot of how what sort of doctor I've become.
0: Yeah, sure. And
1: the choice choices I've made, but you know. Hopefully we don't have to all learn, get those gifts (laughs) (laughs) through that sort of tragedy. (laughs) Sure. Yeah.
0: Well, um, last night, just by coincidence, I was with my my nana, who's um, nearly 90 years old now. And she's a little bit estranged from her siblings because she lives in Australia and my my heritage is all Scottish. So they all live in in Glasgow and around uh, Edinburgh and various parts of Scotland. And uh, unfortunately, her probably closest sister passed away a, a number of weeks ago. And uh, last night was her funeral. And, and because of the modern technologies that are available to us, we could in effect be there um, or at least be a witness to it in real time. Mm. And so uh, unfortunately, other members of, of my, my nan's support network weren't available. They were away um, on, on holiday. So myself and one of my cousins um, sat with her. And I found it very, very tough, of course, to sit with my Nana, who, who has nurtured me. I mean, I lived with her for a year uh, as, as a small child, and, and she's very, very close um, as a child to my Nan, and to see her in such a vulnerable state. And I couldn't think of a single thing that I could say to her, you know, like her, her wise perspective, 90 years on the planet... Some upstart, you know, given her words of wisdom, <laughs> all I could think to do um, was just put my my head on her shoulder and rub her arm um, for what that was worth. I hope it was worth something. It was definitely very profound to me because it it as I was doing it, I was recalling how many times she'd done that for me. You know, I've skinned my knee, or yeah, you, know, you can imagine the sorts of uh, injuries that occur as a kid. And um, yeah, it was, it was. I was so thankful that I was able to be there for her and to do that with her and to share that tender moment. Um, so yeah, it's you never know what what gifts are wrapped in unexpected packages. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: mm. well, thank you. That's a beautiful example. Like what I was referring to at the outset about. Uh, divine identity you know, mm. we, uh, we are the hands and the heart and the eyes and the ears um, of the divine
0: mm.
1: so um I was thinking just before getting on this call there's a lot of in um perhaps more fundamentalist type uh, religious um grouping's uh, emphasis on the second coming sure as if some you know we'll get some cosmic uh someone drop out of a uFO or something and sure. uh, j- Jesus will come again yeah one of the things I r- really appreciate about the emissary approach is that's that's fantasy mm-hmm. what's the if there is to be a second coming. It will be because we, as human beings, become unabashed revealers of our divine selves. We will behave like you did with you then and and feel confident that this is what we're called to do in this moment. And there's a bit of a way to go on that quest. But um, as... You know, as as each person learns to accept that divinity and and lives into that, finds what that is for themselves, then and expresses themselves, expresses their unique spirit in their unique way. We we end up with this extraordinary, fabulously rich tapestry of of uh, divine expression so i know that's um i'm, I'm sure you experienced that in working at riverdale there's the the folk you're working with the quality of their expression and the and uh, you know creative ideas they come up with and so on that's what we're here for i know i do you know in in my work and in family life so it's um the the creative possibilities are endless and i think that's that's what makes uh, I, I i get excited about life because who knows what what's going to happen next and yeah. what possibilities we have
0: yeah y- yesterday uh, a member of the broader community at riverdale was asking me for some assistance which i was thankfully able to offer and, and give and she thanked me for it thank you for being so kind or, or something of of that nature. And I was like, well, I appreciate that. Um, But what I'm truly thankful for is that I currently find myself in a position to have the opportunity to be that kind. I mean, that's a, that's a rare, it's a rare position uh, or it's a rare state to potentially find yourself where I have a role here at Riverdale that people come to me asking for like, (laughs) here's the opportunity to be kind. And I'm like, wow. Thank you. <laughs> Cause it's mutually beneficial. And, um, yeah, I mean, I saw a sign today when I was leaving the gym this morning and there, there was some sort of an, in- I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it, but there was some sort of intention board that had been created and people had obviously been invited to, to get a sticky note and put, put their dream for the year. And the only one that I read said, I, I want to win the cross lotto so I don't have to work. Um, and I saw it and I thought, oh, yeah, I can understand the, the the motivation to that. But instantly I had this thought in my mind, which was, well, I think I've already won the lotto because I've found a job that's meaningful enough to me that I don't think I'm, it doesn't feel like I'm working. Um, I think that would be a, a more profound wish than to simply win the lottery and have it easy, you know, f- finding some vocation in life that you're, that you truly is heartfelt you don't it's i know it's a it's a cliche but you really don't work a day of your life if if you've managed to achieve that and um yeah yeah thank you thank you thank you (laughs) uh thank you everyone mark
1: Mark twain said you know the something like the secret to life is to make your vocation your vacation yeah yeah um
0: yeah well after that After working at Riverdale for seven years, at the end of my my Christmas holidays, and typically my um, family—not my immediate family, but my extended family—we have a fairly uh, a very robust relationship, and that often involves teasing each other a little bit. You know, (laughs) that's that's a sign of affection for sure. And uh, yeah, it was the day before everyone's returning to work and so those of us who didn't have to work my my retired aunts and uncles were like oh back to work tomorrow you know as if as if that was going to raise some dread in my heart and i was like i know <laughs> i'm really looking forward to it <laughs> oh boy <laughs> it's um yeah it is a very fortunate position
1: um
0: and i've certainly i've certainly been on the other side of that coin for many years of like oh Gosh, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I really appreciate all those analogies and, and um, topics, Andrew. Is, is there any other uh, principles that you'd really like to bring?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to speak to um, what the emissaries call pneumoplasm. Yes. Or spirit substance. Mm-hmm. So there's an. the idea is that there is a particular quality of atmosphere that allows communication, you might say, between the spirit world um, and the us as humans. I would say that so I I can I feel more, most confident that what the ideas that are that are popping into my head are divinely inspired. When, when there is a certain quality of atmosphere present, so that quality of atmosphere re- revolves around developing a heart connection first. So, whenever I'm talking, with you know, most it's easiest to see in a um, when I'm consulting because it's much it's much more clear cut here. Uh, so I'm talking to someone. Often by phone, first off, and and I I want to get to know them a bit uh, before asking about you know what pain challenges they've got. So, in the in the getting to know you phase, I can feel this the the there's a there's a connecting connection happening building between us, and w- when I feel that connection is uh, sufficiently present, that, then I know that my heart is is open enough, and the um, the the thoughts then that occur to me are likely more likely to be divinely inspired. So wh- why why does that matter? One of the um, things that struck me from you know christian teaching is um this sentence out of the the lord's prayer thy will be done let let thy will be done so i asked myself you know how, how is that going to happen if that's if that's the what my role is on this um planet in the, in this lifetime to use my the, to to give the spirit within me use of my body, mind, and emotional realm to allow Thy will to be done on earth through me. What? How is that going to happen? Well, that's going to happen because I keep I I allow my heart to be open and to put my mind almost into neutral and and as as a a receiver rather than a transmitter. So I'm I'm opening, I'm opening my heart and I'm opening my mind to uh, inspiration. So when this, I find that when uh, when this uh, connection between me and the Divine is open w- within my own heart, and then there is a heart connection also with another person it's that's the the atmosphere in which it's possible to speak w- words that can be more challenging but but are, are need to be said so it is said in the bible that you know all you need is the truth and the truth will set you free In my uh, personal experience, that only happens if there is a heart connection first. If someone bowls up to me and says, you know, I want to speak my truth to you. Now, you did blah, 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 blah. You know, and I think that, you know, you ought to do blah, 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 blah. You know, that does not land with me at all. Yeah. And um, however, if someone takes the time to the um, develop a heart connection with me and then says do you, do you realize you've been doing dot 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 and it might be better if you tried dot 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 i i'm i'm much more likely to say ah you know no thank you i, mm. I didn't realize that or yeah that's a that's a really good good point you've made so in that respect, the truth can set me free. Yes, but it only yes. it only happens when that atmosphere is present, and I personally find that's what takes the time is developing that atmosphere with people. So, um, I there. Uh, I will not unless it is absolute life and death emergency. Mm. I won't speak words of truth <laughs> um, uh, unless that atmosphere is present first uh, because otherwise I think it's harmful yes uh, words that are that are spoken without a surround of love become hurtful I think that is not what uh, divine expression is about so it's that's been quite an and I open it to me. Really, that I noticed that a lot of people, myself included, have had strong opinions about all sorts of things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But to notice over the years how how futile it was to express <laughs> those strong opinions uh, unless there was an atmosphere of love present. That that's the that's the thing that makes it. That allows the truth to be liberating.
0: That's one so, one thing I've been really in, enjoying with the, um, the the invitation to silence meditation that I've been leading each day at, at one o'clock here at Riverdale has been it's, it's felt like when when members of the public who I've never met before have come, it's felt like a fast tracking system in a way, almost counterintuitively, sitting silently with each other and you know, going through a process of quietening our minds as individuals and then connecting as best as possible with, with our heart center or with, with that more intuitive aspect of ourselves. For only for 20 minutes, without speaking to people, I've, I've noticed that on a number of occasions, not every time, that people very quickly start sharing some really uh, intimate details about their lives, some really heartfelt and um, strong emotional responses that they may have been having. And it it kind of, yeah, well, it feels like what might have taken a number of hours of conversation has, has been stepped into, like we've fallen into love, yeah, not with each other, but into the, the field of love it, in a, in a much more direct way. It's, it's been quite profound. I've, I've noticed that a number of times. Mm.
1: That's, that's beautiful really Mm. beautiful and uh bless you for that um well uh putting out that invitation and opportunity and and then you know through your presence um uh inviting you know whether whether you consciously do it or not you're you're inviting a love space to open up and um blow me down. It does.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we, if we stop our minds spinning around for long enough, that's, it seems to be where things naturally lay.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, that is where things, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a cute saying to say, you know, God is love, but there's a truth to it mm. that when, uh, if we are, if we can quiet and, uh, become still, you know the Bible says, "Be still and know that I am God." So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. if we are still enough, the divine is always there, mm. and um, that's that's a beautiful example. Thank you for sharing it.
0: Oh, very! Um, it's a pleasure to experience it on occasion.
1: Um, feels to me like we've done it. Fantastic! <laughs> I, I, I know this. I know there's more we could um, speak of, but this feels uh, full.
0: Nice little, <laughs> nice time to finish yeah. it. Well, guess what, yeah. Andrew? This this won't be the first time I uh, offer an invitation. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we can, uh, over a series of conversations, whenever it's convenient for yourself, um, that that we can, you know, hone in on on on. Increasingly specific topics, perhaps, and, and really flesh them sure. out, and um, and exchange ideas, and and see what comes mm. from that.
1: I'm in. Yeah. Yep. I'm 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 in for that.
0: Wonderful. Well, I appreciate you you being with us today, Andrew. I'm sure the audience appreciates uh, hearing your voice again. Uh, is is there any way is is there any um, opportunity for people to to connect with you in any way if they were seeking that?
1: Um. So best. Way is by email, yes. So, um, andrew at forward h o r w dot au fantastic. Uh,
0: so, I'm, I might, um, I might invite people to contact our office as well if they'd like to speak with okay. you, and then we sure. can act as a bit of a mediator for you so you don't just get a, a bombardment of emails. <laughs> but, um, but we really appreciate everything that you do, Andrew. Have a fantastic holiday. Can you maybe just share? Five seconds of the excitement that's building.
1: Oh, well, it's just, I just feel um, so blessed. So we, we spend um, six days in Antarctica itself. Unbelievable. Uh, um, and so it's a mixture of so the, the cruise ship stops at various spots by the look of it. And uh, you can either go in those dinghies called Zodiacs. Yeah, wow. Zip zip around the place or uh, take a Zodiac over to the ice shelf and go walking. Wow. I guess that's the best way to get up close to the penguins. Yes. And or canoeing. Unreal. Double canoes. Uh, My friend and I are going to try a bit of each of these and it's... um. I'm really looking forward to. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, what will surprise me, um, and and how how I feel mm. uh, in these this part of the divine universe mm. called Antarctica.
0: Yeah! Wow! What an adventure! <laughs> that's, yeah, that's on definitely on my bucket list. I'd I'd love to see that place. Uh, I've been to other uh, ice. Ice kingdoms, if you'd like to describe them as that, up in, in yeah. uh, the Himalaya and places like that. But uh, that would be a, a whole other level of, inhospit- of inhospitability, of inhospitality, if that's a correct word. Um, yeah. But yeah, wow. Well, go safe, have a lot of fun, and uh, thank you. I, I thank look you. forward to hopefully uh, maybe a bit of a slideshow when you return.
1: Sure, sounds good. Well,
0: thank you so much, Andrew, and we'll, we'll speak again, no doubt.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Andrew. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye for now.